Coming to you from the Morningstar Mission sponsored studio, this is Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, you have those songs that you remember hearing from you were a kid. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how music timestamps things. Yes. You ever heard a song and it takes you back to a time and a place? Oh, absolutely. Do you have any songs that you remember from childhood? Things uh, that take you back? Yeah, a ton. Uh, you know, well, there's Mr. Blue Sky, Mr. Blue Sky, which is my classic. Do you have that one? Uh, do I? I don't in oh, front of me man. right now. Well, I can get it while I'm talking to you, of course. <laughs> okay. But Mr. Blue Sky, and then my other one that I really loved was uh, Domo Origato, Mr. Roboto. I think it was called Mr. Roboto from Styx. Oh. What does that make you? What does that take you back to? Just the, when I was a kid, it's a stick song, an old stick song that that my dad used to play when we were driving, and uh, and it just I just remember those road trips. I remember those things, and it's funny. Me and my brother pulled that song up in front of our wives, and it's like a five minute song, <laughs> and we sang the whole song, and neither of us had heard it for like ten years. It's so good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I think about my childhood and the music that I listened to, and. BB and CC Winans were played often. Yeah, you're in, right. In our home, and I remember having cassette tapes, and you'd put them in the in the cassette player or the mm-hmm. boombox, and then you'd have to get it to the right spot and play the song. <laughs> <laughs> These are things my kids know nothing about. I love that. But we're gonna we have CC Winans on this morning, and so it's so cool to get to to talk to somebody who was such a part of my growing up. And her music has been such a blessing to so many Mm. people. Best-selling female gospel artist of all time. That's her claim to fame if you follow those things. But really, her faithful life, um, her story has just blessed so many people. So I want you to keep listening here in the 5 o'clock hour. You're going to get to hear from Cece Winans. Did you find your song yet? Of course I did. Okay, give me your song. It's Tuesday, so why not? Absolutely. Give us a, sing it. Okay, there's not a lot of sun coming out there, so we're going to make some sun for you, everybody. <laughs> sun is shining in the sky. There ain't a cloud in sight. It's, it's so long. raining. Everybody's in the wet. And don't you know, it's a beautiful new day. Hey, running down the avenue. See how the sun shines brightly in the city. All the streets where the once was pity, Mr. Blue. Sky is living here today. Hey, Mr. Blue Sky, please tell us why you had to hide away for so long. So long. You know, <laughs> I bet Cece Winans has never had a setup like that. Uh, I could say the same. <laughs> I'm sure she's going to be grateful for it. For good or for bad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Coming up, we have the one and only CC Winans. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, Boom Crew, you're in for a real treat this morning. We have Cece Winans with us. She is the best-selling, most awarded female gospel artist of all time. She's got a new book out. It's called Believe For It, Passing on Faith to the Next Generation. Cece Winans, so good to have you with us this morning. So honored to be here. Thanks for having me. One of the things I love just looking through your book, when people hear the Winans name and they 
and they know what's been accomplished. There is this picture of this kind of picture-perfect family. Now, we know that mm -hmm. no family's perfect, but it's easy when you see somebody and you, you see what's put forward, it's easy to mm -hmm. think that somehow maybe they don't have the battles that the rest of us have. You give <laughs> us a glimpse in this book of some of the backstory that maybe people don't know. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about your family that you really wanted to reveal in this book. Well, one of the things that really I found out kind of later on in life, I was in a ministry class, my husband and I, and um, one of my assignments uh, was to go and, you know, get some information on our family tree. We were mm. talking about family trees. And I went and I interviewed my mom, and I interviewed my dad, and I left those interviews saying, oh, my God, mm. just one generation away, you know, because they came together as a 17 and 19-year-old when they got married wow. and made the commitment to serve the Lord and to raise their family in the house of God. And... You know, me growing up in that house really kind of would have thought the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, not that we were perfect by far, but but when I heard their story, my mom, you know, dreading the weekends because she knew it would be a whole lot of fighting and drinking and someone would be stabbed or mm -hmm. uh, a bottle would be busted over somebody's head. It was just the turmoil that she lived in. I mean, they were both from broken homes. My dad didn't even take the wine's name until later because his dad, he was born to a, um, born in wedlock to a single mom. And his dad really denied him to say he wasn't the father at first. Wow. And so he took on his mom's maiden name. So I came back from those interviews with talking about drama. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, but then I saw the power of the blood of Jesus yes. and, and two kids, I mean, literally kids saying, we're going to, as for me and our house, we're going to serve the Lord. Wow. And they raised us in such a way that I was totally shocked, you know, at what they had endured and went through just, you know, just in their lives, just that one generation before us, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was so encouraging. It just, it just revived me in, in my belief and my faith in the power of, of the living God and the power of committing to love him with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Yeah, no, you grew up in a musical family with nine siblings, mm -hmm. and your parents, though they were young, they made that decision early on to serve the serve the Lord. You probably didn't even realize at the time how special that was. Right. You don't. As a child, you don't realize that. You complain or you, you think it's just normal, and, um, and then when you get a little older, you realize, wow, you know, even like you said, nine siblings, 10 kids. My mom, they both worked. My mom cooked, cleaned. Uh, <laughs> she did everything. Wow. And, and, and they made sure we was in church. They understood the importance of it. So some of us would be on the bus going to church. My older brothers, you know, I would come later with my parents, but they had us in Sunday school. They had us in midweek service. They had us in the choir or in children's church. We were active. And now I realize as an adult, that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. That's <laughs> a lot of work. But that's where that was the importance. That was the priorities that they had in their lives. They understood that this was not negotiable. This was this was not an option. This this is how they had to do it in order to receive or for us to receive yeah. the blessings of the Lord. So I am just forever grateful to them. And that's what I'm really trying to 
I'm trying to stress it both, both in this book, the importance of parents and grandparents understanding that we have so much to give and pouring out to the next generation is a necessity. Um, and then trying to tell the parents that that church shouldn't be an option. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to put that that's more important than your than than your job than anything else. That's got to be most important. And then God will honor you and everything else. And so with this book, I am really trying to stress the importance of passing on the faith, but also the commitment and and the the work. You have to be intentional in order to pass on the faith to the next generation. Now, do you remember, Cece, when your parents' faith became your own, when it was more than just, okay, I'm going to church every Sunday because this is what mom and dad have me doing. I'm going to Sunday school. I'm learning the stories. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when it really became your faith? I, I can't remember the day and the time, but I can remember that it was very early on. And this is the beauty. Ooh, I could cry talking mm. about this. This is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. I fell in love with Jesus early on. Yeah. Um, oh, I can say probably about eight, seven or eight, wow. if not. And, and I fell in love with the spirit of God. You know, it was, it was the spirit. And, and, and I've heard people say this before and it's so true. You know, you can come up with a lot of rules and you can have, you know, even what you do, but it's the spirit that captures the heart. Yes. And, and we cannot underestimate the spirit of God capturing the hearts of our children. Mm. I fell in love with the presence of God, you know? Wow. And, and so I would love to like go with my grandmother to prayer in the morning. And I couldn't, I couldn't articulate it, but it was a peace. It was a, it was a safety. It was protection. It's, it was love. It's just like, I, I fell in love with that. And so even throughout my teenage years and you know, preteens, I wanted to be in prayer. I wanted to be at church. I, I, I tell my kids that now they're like, what? You want to do what? At <laughs> I was like, yes, I, I loved hearing the word. I love hearing the older saints. Again, that example, hearing the older saints discuss the scriptures, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so wow. I, I, God captured my heart at a young age and, and I always, even through my mistakes, I always wanted him more than anything else. Wow. Cece Winans, our guest right now. Coming up, I'm going to ask her a little bit more about this book, Believe For It, Passing On Faith to the Next Generation. You're listening to her story, and there's a sweetness to it. And there's a you, you think, I want that for my kid, or I want that for my grandkid. I want them to grow mm -hmm. up in the house of the Lord, not just being there to check a box, but really loving mm -hmm. being in the presence of God. How do we do that for the next generation? More with our guest, Cece Winans, coming up. Talking about Jesus and having fun while doing it. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Cece Winans with us this morning, a best-selling and most awarded female gospel artist of all time. She's got a book out. It's called Believe For It, the same name as that song that we love here on Moody Radio, the subtitle, Passing on Faith to the Next Generation. Cece, what do you think is the biggest obstacle that prevents faith from being passed down? The biggest obstacle, wow, that's a big question because I think it's several things, but I would just have to say, if we're going to go for one thing, it would have to be denying our flesh, mm. denying self. The Bible tells us we have to deny our flesh daily. You know, we, it's, it's, it's picking up our cross and understanding that life is not about us. <laughs> sure. We are blessed to inherit and to 
experience abundant life because of what Jesus did, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think the biggest obstacle is that we get confused that it's not about us, that it's, it's all about him and his plan, yeah. that this world is not our home, you know, as believers. And if that mind shift doesn't happen and that heart shift doesn't happen, then it prevents us from passing on the faith, the pure faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ on to the next generation. We end up passing on something that's mixed yeah. with something else, you know, and it's the pure faith. And, and, and the only thing that can get in the way of that is, is us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard the expression a lot of times when people talk about faith or really anything that it's more caught than taught. Right. <laughs> Have That's you found true. that to be true? You, you so true. Raising your own two children, and mm -hmm. I know you and your husband pastor a church with a lot of millennials. Mm -hmm. What are you? What have you learned? Definitely, the teaching is is most important. But living it, people actually see me modeling. My husband and I modeling faith, you know, to our children who are now grown adults. Actually, my son is our lead pastor now. We oh, founded wow. the church, and just a year ago. He became our lead pastor. Oh, so, what a you know, moment for you. Exactly. As a so mom. every Sunday, every Sunday as a mom, I could just lay on the floor and weep, you know, <laughs> oh. uh, because as a mom, that's all I prayed for was that my children would fall in love, that they would get it, you know, not, not just try to be churchgoers by name, but, to, but that they would have a heart conviction and a love for Christ and a love for his people. And both my children love God and they love people. They love making disciples. Mm -hmm. They are not impressed with just, you know, performances. <laughs> right. And I, none of us can really take credit for that. You, you can't take credit because it takes the, the power of the living God is the love of mm -hmm. God. It's his grace and his mercy that have blessed my children to fall in love with Jesus. But I understood that you know, going in as a mom, I, I totally understood again because of the generation before me. I understood my responsibility to be the parent and not their best friend, to live a life in front of them that wouldn't bring a reproach on holiness, but they would see me live the same thing I, I preached about, mm -hmm. you know, in the home. When in bad times, how do you act during bad times? How do you and dad go through disagreements? How do yeah. you, you know, it's a holy life that you live in front of them. And so they've always seen us live that, you know, even, even in our failures and our mistakes, they've heard us say, I'm sorry, yeah. I apologize, you know? Um, and, and so no matter where they went, and that's the beauty. The Bible says, train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart. That doesn't mean they won't make mistakes. <laughs> but, but wherever they went, they knew what truth was. Yes. They knew what holiness was. And so that was always my prayer. You know, when they got involved in things that weren't Christ-like, they knew, you know, I wasn't for it. You know, I, I, I was never quiet about mm -hmm. that. You know, that is not godly. I love you, but that's not godly. So I cannot support you in that. Yeah. And those are tough things that you have to do sometimes because they're not going to like you all the time. And, <laughs> and I was more, I was more, I don't want to say worry, but I, it was more important to me that God was pleased with me, even when my children weren't. Ooh, that's good. So what would you say, Cece, to the parent or maybe the grandparent who feels like they've missed it? Maybe they did not have a godly home as they raised their children and they see mm -hmm. 
or maybe they did and their children still have walked away. What would you say to the parent or the grandparent who's feeling really discouraged because their children are not serving the Lord? Their grandchildren have walked away from the Lord. What do you say to them? Well, let's let's take both of those. If you if you were a believer and you and you realize that you didn't do it to the best of your ability, there's forgiveness. You yeah. know, that that that's the beauty of the cross. <laughs> yes. God knows even my kids, my both my kids had both their parents. We went to church together. We we strive to do the right thing. And guess what? Both my kids went through times in their lives where I was like, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, who are these children? What in the world? I mean, even in the book I share where my son, I found this out later when he was on his way to Australia, he looked up and just told God, whoever gets me first, you're the devil. That's the way I'm going. Wow. I, I know I didn't teach him that way. I know that I strive to live holy. You know, I, I made sure they were in church. But, but still, they have their own journey and their own walk. But the God we serve, this is what I want to say to those who feel like they have failed. No, 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 no. The God we serve loves your children more than you could ever love them. And he's faithful. And so it's, it's never too late to get back in line. Yes. You know, even now, speak life. That, that was a lesson I learned. You know, my, my son was about 16. And instead of speaking what I saw, you know, when they're going through their rebellion stages, we have to speak the word of life and the, the word of God over them, no matter what we see. Mm -hmm. We have to say what God says. And, you know, and I share in the book where I looked at my son, I said, you a mighty man of God. And he looked at me and said, you don't even believe that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Oh. I didn't believe it yet, but I learned the principle of my mouth. Mm -hmm. You speak life and death. Life or death. There's no in between. You're either speaking life or you're speaking death. And so I made that commitment that I was going to start speaking life over them. And I continue to do it until I saw it. So no matter where you are, if you were a believer and you didn't do it right, or you now you're a believer and you realize you didn't raise them in that way at all. Oh, the God we serve will still capture their hearts. But you have to understand the authority that you have as a parent to speak life. The Bible says that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. You got to take that word and you got to begin to speak it and, and keep praying over it. The Bible says that this is the confidence that we have, that when we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know we have the petition that we've asked for. Wow. You can start right now, first of all, with your commitment to the Lord, that you're going to make sure he's first in your life. And then when you do that, God will begin to move on your family and on your children. So it's not too late, no matter if you have children that's sitting up in prison right now, the God we serve is able to meet them right where they are and bring them to Jesus. So, so look up and be encouraged yes. and let's just begin to speak this powerful word of God because the word of God is alive mm -hmm. and, it, and it moves and it changes things. And, and as we get in line as parents, God is going to honor our prayers. Cece Winans, such a joy to have you on this morning. The book is called Believe for It, Passing on Faith to the Next Generation. You can find it wherever you buy your books. Cece, I grew up with your music. It's such a privilege to have you on with us today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your ministry. Want more from your morning show? Check us out on social media. Just go to Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. Good morning to you. I'm Allie. I hope your day is off to a good start. Do you have a coach 
who made an impact on your life? Jonathan, did, did you play sports and did you have a coach who stands out? Uh, yeah, I played sports. So, uh, I competed, I guess would be for me because I did gymnastics in high school. Okay. And yeah, uh, I had a couple coaches who I really loved. Uh, one of them <laughs> saved my face in what? my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Because I was I was doing uh, I was practicing my rings routine just before a competition, and he was spotting me, and I did a move that's called a dislocate, and it's where wow that sounds painful. Yeah, it's tons of fun, and it's where you are holding the rings. Uh huh. And obviously gravity's pulling the rest of your body down, but your back is facing the ground. Your legs are over your head. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. And then you kick backwards yes. and your arms oh, kind of come around. It looks super painful. And so I, I was doing that and I did a couple of them in a row and I accidentally let go of the rings. <gasps> I, I jerked in a way in which I lost my grip and I fell and you're about, you know. When you're flying like that, you're about six feet up in the air or oh so. Boy. And I was heading straight for the straight for the ground and he grabbed me by the back of my leotard and yanked up <laughs> and saved my face from smashing against the ground oh boy. right at the end. And so yeah, I got a good memory of my coach because huh. he saved my face. A good coach <laughs> can save your face. That's right. <laughs> There's some coaching opportunities available. That's where I'm going with this. Carl <laughs> is actually gonna be coaching some people through the seven resolutions which is the book that he released uh, last year i guess good coaching can save face good coaching can help you order your life good coaching sometimes you need an outsider's perspective to really help you get back on track so if you are interested in some coaching i want you to sign up to be a part of one of two webinars that are coming up in the month of january you sit down you're in the privacy of your own own home you can have your camera off nobody sees you you can take in kind of get a vision for what this even looks like and decide if it's for you. Do you need some coaching help? Text the word 7 to 312-274-9624. Text the word 7-312-274-9624. You get the link, check it out, read the details, sign up for one or the other. Again, the word is 7 to 312-274-9624. That was a dramatic story, Jonathan. Hey, it, gymnastics has tons of fun stories. <laughs> Most of them are like almost getting hurt and then not. I think you so. need a coach like that, right? We all <laughs> do. Hey, keep listening. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. How well do you know your fruits and vegetables? Uh, Got a pop quiz for you. Ready? I'd say, yeah, I'd say pretty good. Let's see what I can do. Jonathan's going to play in studio, but you can play along at home. I'm going to give you a series of... Uh, could be a fruit, could be a vegetable. You're going to have to tell me. Okay. Is it a fruit or mm. is it a vegetable? Let's get some theme music for this because it feels <laughs> like it needs it. Okay. Is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? <laughs> hey! All right. A pepper. A is it pepper. a fruit or a vegetable? Oh, goodness. Uh, I didn't know it was categorized in either. I would, I would say a vegetable. That is incorrect. A pepper what? is technically a fruit. This game is rigged. Number two, avocado. Is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? Avocado is a fruit. That is correct. Woo! Number three, tomato. Tomato is also a fruit. That is correct. Woo! <laughs> Eggplant. Eggplant. Is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? Eggplant is a vegetable. 
That is incorrect. Technically, what? it's a fruit. What? Are all these fruits? Zucchini. Zucchini's a vegetable. Is it a fruit or is it a... Wrong. It is a fruit. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes. No. Technically, every single thing I've mentioned so far, it's a fruit. That's... Who, who wrote this? Well, I have to credit Lisa. <laughs> Oh, Lisa. Lisa, who does phone screening for us, Did you guys looked up some fun fruit facts for me, and she huh. gave me a list of all these vegetable-sounding things that are technically fruit. Peppers, avocados, tomatoes, eggplant, zucchini. Wow. Technically fruit. Zucchini is the one that gets me the most. I would not have expected zucchini. There you have it. I thought I was eating my vegetables when I had zucchini. <laughs> You know, there's a saying, I don't know who came up with it, but my husband likes to quote it. It talks about the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Uh, yes. A you good heard one. this one? Uh-huh. Knowledge says what? That, that a t- is tomato. knowing that a tomato is a fruit. And wisdom is? Not putting tomato in your fruit salad. Exactly. That's a good one. <laughs> Some fun fruit facts for you. We're talking all week about bearing fruit. Did you know that the gospel is linked to fruit bearing? How do I know? I'm going to read you some scripture to prove it because scripture is really important. We don't just give you opinions on this show. That's right. We want to give you grounding in the word of God. Colossians 1, 5 through 7. We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Pause there. This is a letter to a church written by Paul. Verse 6, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. That's the New Living Translation. If you're not familiar with that, it's a little bit more conversational. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is always linked to fruit bearing. It bears fruit. And so if we are followers of Jesus, we are called to bear fruit. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That's John 15, 8. Really, John 15 is all about fruit bearing and how we don't do it in our own strength. That's the biggest takeaway um, from John 15 is that it's this abiding principle that when we, we abide in him, when we are the branch connected to the vine, the fruit is produced yeah. But it's not our striving. It's not our striving. We're not the ones who make it happen. I don't make it happen by my own effort. I do it because I'm connected to Jesus. Yeah. And from there, fruit comes naturally. Did some word study on this. It's an original Greek word. Car- Let me. Carp. Carpos. Carpos. I'm going to. I'm. That's gonna, my best guess. I don't have super die here to help me, but. When we look at this word in the original language, by definition, fruit results from two life streams, the Lord living his life through ours to yield what is eternal. That's according to the HELPS word studies. So some associated terms, crop, harvest, produce, profit. It's this idea that something is going on internally or underground where the result of which is seen by what's bore. Right. I love that. So it's a crop, it's a harvest, it's a it's produce. It's what happens when there's work happening underground. So that fruit bearing is what we're called to do, but it's not us trying harder. And so we're going to break this down as we move throughout the week. How do I live a life that bears fruit? How do I make an impact? How do I make 2023 my most fruitful year yet? 
You're going to want to really listen every single day this week because we've got guests who are going to tell you how to do that. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. You know, did you watch the championship game last night? <laughs> I didn't. You I did didn't. not watch it. Okay. I, I saw Football. some updates, and I think when, when I first looked, it was like 10 to 7, Georgia. And I was like, oh, wow, I was like, this is pretty close. This could be nice. And as I continued to look, the score just got worse and worse. <laughs> and I was like, I'm very thankful I'm not watching this game. Yeah, my son was very, very interested in the outcome, <laughs> although he was rooting for TCU. Yeah. So he had basketball practice last night, but I'm sitting there on the sidelines, and he wants to check in and get football scores. Every That's once so in a great. While. <laughs> like, how's the game? We had even developed sort of a sign language system that I would – assigned to him a T <laughs> or a G ah. to let him know who was ahead, although that was not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> after a while, he could guess. It was There was really uh, no question after the first, I don't know, five minutes of the game who was going to win. But if you are a football fan, it was a uh, – if you're a Georgia fan, I should say, it was probably a pretty enjoyable <laughs> It's a very game. good night. I just saw it popped up on the TV uh, in my studio here, largest margin of victory in bowl game history. Wow. Uh, so it, it's never been that bad in the playoff finals. Oh, man. man, that's kind of brutal. For I it don't is. like to see any team get demoralized. No, no, and it's and not even fun. Even when I'm rooting for a team, I still kind of want to see want to see a good game. I don't want to sweat it out to the end if I'm really sure. rooting for someone, but I don't like to see anybody get demoralized. Yeah, it's not very fun for anybody at that point. I mean, I'm sure Georgia yeah. would say otherwise, but... But I don't know. Even when I've been fans of stuff, I'm like, all right. I, there yeah. is kind of a fun of not knowing what's going to happen until you're closer to the end. Yeah. And, and there's what do you say as the coach of TCU? You, <laughs> you lean on the moral victory. Do you lean on the we had a great season? Do you lean on you a, lean at on least the, we got, you know, getting here was such an accomplishment in and of itself. Absolutely. They were the Cinderella story yeah. of, of college football. So you celebrate that. Hmm. Well, we're talking fruit bearing, much more important things yes. this week. We're talking fruit bearing. In 2023, do you want this year to be your most fruitful yet? I want to take you all the way back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. There is a phrase. It involves fruit. This phrase is repeated throughout Genesis. Do you know what it is? What is this phrase that I'm referring to that references fruit? It's mm. repeated many times in Genesis. I've got a Carlin Crew prize pack to the per first person who texts in with the correct answer. What phrase am I talking about from Genesis that talks about fruit? The craziest carpool in Chicagoland. We're Carlin Crew Mornings. You are a sharp crew this morning. Uh, many of you responded to my question. I, I gave a sort of an open-ended question. The first person would get a Carlin Crew prize pack for correctly answering. When you look at the book of Genesis, there is a phrase repeated quite a few times that deals with fruit. Many of you correctly guessed that it was the command to be fruitful mm. and multiply. If you got it first, I've already texted you. Our first answerer already got a text uh, letting them know that they are the winner. But 
I would say at least 10 of you were right on it with That's just awesome. seconds. I went judged based on whose uh, answer hit our inbox first. But coming up, let's talk about this phrase. You do see it a lot. Uh, God's words to Adam and Eve. And then you see it repeated a couple of other times. Be fruitful and multiply. What does that mean? Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, if you are listening this morning, we're going to have Cece Winans' uh, conversation with her at 710 this morning. So if you tuned in this morning for that, that 710 is when you're going to hear from Cece. Really, really looking forward to this conversation. Another programming note, we should have Carl checking in live from Israel here in the next 20 minutes. He Last text I got, he was stuck in Jericho. Imagine that (laughs) and said that he will call as soon as he can. If you want to get some pictures from his trip so far, you can check that out on Facebook and Instagram. Hmm. I put a couple up up there so you can kind of travel along with them. There's something I like seeing people's travel pictures. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially in places that like you haven't been before. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I'm catching new experiences, Mm -hmm. new things that you know, maybe you're not going to find on Google Images. Yeah, so check that out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings. As we're talking about being fruitful this week, let's go back to the very beginning, to the book of Genesis. You will see this one phrase repeated a couple of times. The word fruitful is mentioned 14 times in Genesis, right after God creates all living creatures. We see in Genesis 1.22, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let birds multiply on the earth. And then just a couple verses later, right after God creates man in his image, he blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the seas and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's Genesis 1:28. Then if you go to Genesis 8, this is right after the flood, after the waters have started to subside and God gives instructions to Noah and his family as they exit the ark. What do you think he said to Noah and his family, who were the only human beings at that point on the earth? Everything else had been wiped off. Every every living creature that didn't swim, yeah. <laughs> every creature that walked land, every human being had been wiped away in this, uh, this flood. And it was just Noah and his family and the creatures that were on the ark. And he says this. Then God said to Noah, go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. And then I'm going to give you a couple more because I didn't realize how many times. Yeah. But I'm doing a Bible read through. And and so as I've been reading through Genesis at the start of January, I just started to notice. And the one to Noah I thought was especially significant. Hmm. Only because I thought, man, what what would God say to people who've they've been on this ark for, oh, I don't even know how many days. You can look that up for me, Jonathan, and get that for me later. Sure. But, I mean, there was the time that it rained. We know that it rained 40 days and 40 nights. But then there's a time where it's not actively raining, but the floodwaters are still really high. So right. there's a period of time that they're on the, the ark with just a ton of water all around them. Yeah, it says... Uh... He was on the ark anywhere from uh, 364 days to 370 days. Okay, so around a full year, 
that he's on yeah, this ark. Absolutely. There's, then there's a time where he's surrounded by water, and then there's the time where he sends out the dove, and there's he's him and his family are sort of waiting. Is it okay to come out? Is the water uh, is is their land again? Is the water dried up? So yeah, almost a year. So what would God say to the people that he chose to save? Noah was a righteous man. Well, be fruitful and multiply. And then we see this repeated again when. Isaac is blessing his son, Jacob. One of the last words that he says to his son, he says, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may become a company of peoples. Then when God appears to Jacob, he says the same thing. And God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. And then one more related reference that I saw, God even promises to make Ishmael fruitful. God was not mm. going to establish his covenant with Ishmael, but he does promise to make him fruitful. Now, yeah. what does that mean? Be fruitful and multiply. What it, what's your first, what's your guess? Or what would you, without having, you know, spent a ton of time studying this out, what have you in the past understood this to mean? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I actually, before this conversation, I hadn't ever really thought about it. Thought about it, or at least separated fruitful and multiplying from each other. I okay. was kind of like, okay, yeah, well, they they obviously need to occupy the earth, fill mm -hmm. the earth, and so being fruitful and multiplying, I kind of took those as being like the same thing. But it makes sense that they wouldn't be the same thing because they're two different directions. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because this is this speaks to God's original design for humans that. Humans to, were to be, we are, this is still for us, to be God representative on earth. And yeah. so it's it's uh, it's associated with divine blessing and flourishing. When you think about what God's intention for Adam and Eve was to be fruitful, to multiply, it is it does have a lot to do with carrying on the line. I mean, yeah. people did, he needed people. No, he didn't need people. He could have filled the earth himself. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, but he allowed us to participate in this creative process of building families, yeah. of continuing legacies, of having dominion over other living things. So I want to talk about this. How does this apply for us today? Yes, part of it is building your family and uh, having a fruitful life. But is there more to it? Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. So good to have you joining us this morning. This is this Carl and Crew Mornings here on Moody Radio. I'm Allie. We have Carl who's going to be broadcasting live from Israel. He's been doing a tour along with his church, 180 Chicago, and some members of the Boom Crew have joined him as well. So we're going to be hearing from him hopefully in the 8 o'clock hour. He should be calling back in. Last uh, we, we texted this morning, he had to push back the time because he said he was stuck in Jericho. <laughs> what a text to what get. What a text to get. He said, I'll call you in 10 minutes. We're stuck in Jericho. They are unstuck now and on the move again. So if you want to follow along with his trip, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings. You can see some fun pictures of the sights that they're seeing. Okay, as promised, we're talking fruit this week. So I thought, why not give you some fruit jokes? We have some, you have some sound effects ready? Okay, first joke. Why did the orange stop? Uh, well, I don't know. Why did the orange stop? Because it ran out of juice. <laughs> Come on. How do you make an apple turn over? Uh, usually you bake it, maybe at 350 degrees. You push it down a hill. 
What happens? It's not even a joke. Yes, it is. Apple turnover. Apple turnover. Okay. Goes, okay. okay. Come on, Jonathan. <laughs> what happens to grapes when you step on them? Uh, you make grape juice. They whine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, one more. Okay. Why did the banana go to the doctor? Uh... I, I'm guessing it has something to do with its bruises. Because it wasn't peeling well. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> okay, well, uh, a bonus one. A bonus one because I'm on a roll here. Because you're loving it too I, much. I'm enjoying it if nobody else is. Why did the tomato mm -hmm. go on a date with the prune? Uh, tomato and prune. Why I have no tomato, idea. Why did the tomato go out with a prune? I don't know. Because he couldn't find a date. Oh my goodness. Boom crew, I wish you could see it. Allie's face in here. She's laughing to herself. She's trying to hold back the giggles. Uh, okay, so you can text and give me a rating on one to 10 on how you feel about my jokes. I promise my feelings won't be hurt. If I get majority of ones, I'll never tell fruit jokes again. <laughs> If I get majority in the five to ten range, five to ten is all I'm you're gonna re up for. with a neck another round yeah. for the next hour. So you okay. get to decide if this ever happens again. If it's between one and five, I'm putting the jokes aside. Five to ten, you're gonna encourage me to keep going. Text us, text us a number one to ten. How'd I do on my jokes? 312-274-9624. Text only 312-274-9624. Please help me. It's like coffee, but for your ears. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, I have some really good news. <laughs> what? I don't know. The the ratings that I got, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident that the jokes are gonna continue. Oh, <laughs> a couple of you were honest. Many of you were complimentary and said that you'd like to hear more jokes. And thank you. A couple of you were honest and saying, hey, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Got to be honest here. But I would say I had a, a, a 90 to 95 percent approval rate. Oh, OK, on, so if I threw my jokes. my vote in there of one. So I think you're not... overwhelmed here, Jonathan. Okay. I'm going to re up and I'm going to keep with the jokes because uh, there's there are other people out there like me who really like really corny bad jokes because they just make you laugh they make thing. you smile on a on a tuesday morning when you're trying to get yourself going let's check in with carl who's been broadcasting and touring in israel in the holy land this week carl i'm so excited to hear last text that you were stuck in jericho did you get unstuck we are unstuck <laughs> got a belly full of some good grub and we rolled down the road we're now at the Qumran where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. So we've just uh, arrived at another location. Sorry about being late this morning, but you know what? Sometimes travel doesn't cooperate, Allie. This is true. Give us some highlights from the last 24 hours. Last we checked in with you, you were about to do some baptisms in the Jordan River. Yeah. Oh, we had a wonderful time of baptisms. Matter of fact, I just sent you I don't know if you've got them in your email yet. I think you do. I just sent you a whole nother raft of photos that you can post up on our Facebook Ooh, page. But great! Oh, it's just been—it's been wonderful. We had some of the—we had some of the coolest things. Oh, last night at the baptismal. This is really cool. So we were baptizing—I don't know, fourteen, fifteen people—and then uh, a man yells down to me. 
I'm down in the Jordan, and he said, could you baptize a couple more? Whoa. And 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 I'm like, what what's going on? And he says, we got two people here that want to really want to be baptized. They've just given their lives to Jesus. I said, are they truly? Are they truly disciples of Jesus today? Have they truly committed? He said, yes. So he brings them down. Well, they they are from Mexico, and they speak very little English. But I have Katie Christopher there on the trip, uh, Ajit, my right-hand man at 180 Chicago, his wife. And and uh, so all of our all of our group from the Boom Crew, we've got a lot of folks with, with from the Boom Crew that are here on this trip. Oh, and we're all kind of in this little amphitheater area right on the Jordan. I'm standing in the water, and it is cold. Let me tell you, it <laughs> is cold. So um, we're we're, and I said, all right, bring them, bring them down here. And I I asked Katie to do some interpreting, and Eve, she even interpreted all the way through Father, Son, Holy Spirit, buried with Christ, raised to walk in new life. And it was a celebration like you can't believe. They just didn't have a pastor with them wow. who uh, was there prepared to baptize them. But their commitment to Christ, their, uh, it, it was just an awesome thing. Here we are in, in the Jordan River and people from all nations of the world, not only coming to Christ, but to be identified in him. It's really, it's been an extraordinary trip. And so... Yeah, we got up this morning, went to Magdala. That's uh, the town of Mary of Magdalene, yes. Mag- Magdala. And uh, tremendous, saw a little synagogue there that was discovered. So they were digging, looking for the old town of, of Magdala, the ancient city. And they knew from Flavius Josephus, the first century historian, that there was nothing built on top of it once once it was vacated. So they're looking, looking, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And the guy begins to dig for a new hotel. This has been a, oh, I don't know, maybe a decade or so ago. And uh, he starts to dig. And they give him permits for this hotel, but they've got antiquities guys there. And he's digging, and boom, he starts running into stuff. And they start digging a little bit more. He obviously he had to move his construction site because what he was going to build on was the synagogue of Magdala, along with homes and fish processing little cubicles, because they had live wells and everything there, right on right on the Sea of Galilee. And so we were taking a look at those ruins today, and then we went to Bet Shem. Do you still have time for me to prattle on here? Are we okay? Yeah, we yeah, another minute or two. Okay, um, so we went to Bet Shem this morning or Beth Shem, depending on how you pronounce it in the scriptures. It's one, it's one of the big 10 in the Decapolis, the 10 cities. And it's the city where Saul committed suicide and then ultimately was nailed to the wall and had with his three sons and uh, pierced and hung on the wall there in Beth Shem. And he was ultimately rescued by some brethren. They burned his bones and then buried him and then fasted for seven days. But I took the opportunity, Allie, to stand in the theater there and uh, guide a, a really important portion of this trip. The theater that is there seated between ten to 20,000 people. And those early first century Christians that would not renounce Christ were fed to lions or just pulled to pieces there. So under our feet was the blood of the martyred brothers and sisters of ours that have gone before us. And so I read from the Hall of Fame of Faith, even go to the citation, the last part of the 11th chapter, 
But then we move right into the 12th chapter, and in the 12th chapter it said, it's this great challenge. Let us then consider why. We've got this cloud of witnesses, and we're called to throw off sin and the weight that easily entangles us. And so I had everyone hold two stones, one representing sin and other non-sinful entanglements. And we had a moment of quiet reflection and then uh, I said, as you head toward the bus, as you get that captured in your heart, just discard those and pray prayers of renunciation. So it's just a, a really sweet, sweet time this this morning. This has been amazing, Alex. Oh, boy. It sounds like you sound refreshed. You sound like you're having a great time. I, I know many listening wish, whoa, I wish I could be there on this trip. We've got some photos up on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to follow along on the trip, just search Carl and Crew Mornings. Carl, great to hear your voice. We're looking forward to having you back in studio, but enjoy your trip. I'm having a ball. I slept last night, actually. It's so good to sleep, Allie. It's so good to get some snooze. <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you got doing, an amen for me on that. Port? Everything going good? Everything's going How great. How are you doing? Uh, we're good, doing great. Good. We'll talk to you again in a couple hours. Blessings on you. I'm going to try to be broadcasting from the Dead Sea in a couple hours. I'm going to try. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll hold right. you to it. We'll Bye-bye. hear from you soon. Thanks, Carl. All right, coming up in this next half hour, we have an opportunity for you to win some conference registrations to a marriage event that's coming up this weekend. We've got Dr. Gary Chapman with us in about 10 minutes. Just tuning in? Hear what you missed with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just go to carlandcrew.org. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. So excited to have Dr. Gary Chapman with us this morning. Well-known marriage counselor, speaker, pastor, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. We are previewing a conference, The Five Love Languages Family Conference, that's taking place this weekend in Chesterton, Indiana. Good morning, Dr. Chapman. Thanks for waking up early for us. Well, good morning, Allie. It's great to be with you. So tell us, what is a family conference? How how does it differ from one of the marriage conferences? Well, we deal, obviously, we touch on marriage as well, of course, but uh, we focus on the whole family, the children, the parent relationship, and all of that. For example, in our first session is, what does a healthy family look like? How would you know if you had one? Mm. (laughs) How would you know if you grew up in a healthy family? And so in that uh, in that session, I talk about five traits of a healthy family, what it looks like, so that you can actually analyze, you know, how healthy your family is, uh, husband-wife relation, parent-child relation. And, uh, and as you know, all of my stuff is practical. I mean, what I'm trying to do is help people have really good marriages and families. So I'm going to also deal with anger, uh, you know, mismanaged anger destroys marriages and families. Yeah. So understanding anger, where it comes from, why everybody gets angry, and uh, the two kinds of anger and how to process them. Some people think, you know, Allie, that uh, if you get angry, it's a sin. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible says God gets angry every day with the wicked, so it couldn't be a sin. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we'll talk about that, the anger. We also talk about, uh, you know, how do you uh, how do you handle your failures? Because none of us are perfect, you know. Parents sometimes yell and scream at kids. Yeah. Well, that's not good, you know. So what do you do? And uh, we we talk about apology and the different ideas that people have on what a sincere apology is. And if you don't understand what the other person's concept is of an apology, you're probably going to give a lame apology. It's <laughs> 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 honest, yeah. Yeah. Now, when it comes to families, so many people, they look at their own family of origin, their own drama, trauma, and everything in between, and some of those patterns carry into how we build our own families. What do you what do you say to kind of help address that for, for people who get stuck in unhealthy cycles? Well, you know, that is certainly true. In fact, you know, we've talked so much about dysfunctional families in the last 30 years. Almost everyone that comes into my office for counseling thinks they grew up in a dysfunctional family. Is that, is that true yeah, and, of and, most and many, families? Many of them did. Okay. Yeah, many of them did. So, you know, I, and I, I say, you know, listen, we are where we are. We, we can't change our past. Uh, you know, we've already experienced all those things. And we are influenced by those experiences, but we are not controlled by those experiences. Yeah. You can come out of a very dysfunctional family, but if you begin to understand what a healthy family looks like, and you begin to ask God to help you take steps in that kind of family, you can have a healthy family even though you came out of a dysfunctional family. Mm. So I, you know, I just, I just believe there's always hope. We don't have to be controlled by the past, uh, though we are, and I fully admit, we are influenced by the past to be sure. So how do you keep it fresh? I know you do, you've been doing these conferences, you've been speaking, you've been pastoring for many, many years. How do you keep it fresh as you approach uh, another weekend where you're going to be trying to build and pour into marriages and families? What do you say? Well, you know what, for me, makes it alive in my own heart is, first of all, I know that the things I'm going to be sharing will help people. Yeah. And secondly, I know that everybody needs help. <laughs> I don't care who we are. Very we can true. have better marriages. We can have better families. And I know that what I'm going to share is going to help people. And uh, that's where I get my encouragement. And that's when I get, that's why I can stay fresh on presenting things that I have presented before. And the other, the, the benefit is, you know, when you've, given a lecture several times, you kind of realize what works and what doesn't work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it gets true. better, hopefully, as time goes on. <laughs> You're only getting better, Dr. Gary Chapman. You are only getting better. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. I hope that's true. <laughs> it definitely is. I've interviewed you quite a few times, and I can say you just keep getting better. Thanks for being with us this morning. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. It's Carl with Carl and Crew Mornings. Here we are touring Israel with my favorite guide and one of my favorite men on the planet, Omer Eschel. How are you doing today, my Good friend? Good morning, buddy. How are you? Well, we're off to the races here in Israel. Where are we going today? Well, we are now starting our day to be baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, it's January, so, you know, this is a leap of faith for all of us. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, with the Jordan River, people think about the, about the Mississippi when they speak about the Jordan River. But the Jordan River... It's small. It's small. You know, the, the song, River Jordan is wide and deep, hallelujah? Right. The hallelujah is the only thing that is true. Of it. 
It's not wide nor deep. Somebody wasn't there to write the no, song. No, but think about this. If it was the Mississippi River, how can you baptize people over there? You'll get drowned. Right. So it's a shallow, narrow river. That's exactly what the Bible speaks about. Yeah, when we think about the Jordan, the instant thought is the crossing of the Jordan. Yes. And how God miraculously stopped up that water. Although it doesn't flow quickly, there's no way to get the people across it in an orderly manner unless it was stopped up. Either he sends rafts, a bridge, or he stops it up. What we look today, what we see today, the Jordan River, don't be fooled by the look of it. It's today regulated because Israel is damming the Jordan River. Oh, so it flowed more briskly. A lot more. I mean, we know. Interesting. I have my good friend David Barton told me that uh, the Sixth Fleet actually had boats going up and down the Jordan River in the 19th century. So you had boats going there. It was a much larger river than it is today. Still, not the Mississippi, but much larger. Uh, fascinating. Okay, where else are we going today? From there, we're going to go to one of my favorite places on this planet. This is the mighty city of Beit She'an. Beit She'an is a place where the Philistine fastened the, the, the bodies of Saul and uh, Jonathan yep. uh, on the walls of Beit She'an, and they were rescued by the people of Yevesh Gilead. And it's, it, this is like Pompeii of the Middle East. It's a city that destroyed in the year 749 AD and basically disappeared in the sand of times. And it is gorgeous. You go there and you actually see the epicenter of that earthquake. Is the, the destruction of the city, that's almost a fulfillment of prophecy. If I were there in the year 749 AD, I was looking up to the sky to look to the four horsemen. Yeah, you would have been. I would have, yes. That yeah. was one of the largest earthquakes in history of humanity. Destroyed not just Bechan, it destroyed basically most of the Byzantine Empire. Many, many people don't know that. Because of that earthquake, the Arabs were able to conquer so easily the remain of the Byzantine Empire because there was nothing there to, uh, to protect it. Amazing. Anywhere else we're touring on this day? Well, this day we're going to drive along the Via Rex, the Road of the Kings, uh, along the Jordan River. We're going to pass Qumran. We're going to see Qumran. The the tra- the, and that road travels north and south. Correct. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're on our way now to the Dead Sea. Okay. So as we travel down, we're going to go to Qumran, the place of the Dead Sea Scrolls. We're going to speak about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Then we'll continue for an overnight at the Dead Sea for people to be able to float and relax and enjoy themselves. A quick note on Dead Sea Scrolls. Discovered, uh, so it goes, a young boy was throwing rocks, heard something in a cave, and it turns out it was a piece of pottery, well-preserved, opened the scrolls. What did they find? They found the Word of God. They found, actually, it's the oldest Bible ever to be found. Of course, not the New Testament, because New Testament was not, not written yet. Yeah. And the thing is, what's so amazing about the Dead Sea Scrolls, two things. Number one, we know that the language that Jesus spoke was Hebrew. Yeah. Because the Dead Sea Scrolls are written in Hebrew. Number one. Number two, if you open a Bible that was printed yesterday in Jerusalem, and you're going to open the Dead Sea Scrolls, Book of Isaiah, Book of Isaiah. It mirrors it. Exactly the same. So the skeptic will come and say, well, they copied it. That's why it's the same. Really? How can you copy something that was hidden in caves for 2,000 years? The Dead Sea Scrolls are proof that the Word of God is 100% correct because it's exactly the same. So it proves that the transcription discipline was profoundly accurate. Yes. Yes, exactly right. Hang on, guys. Coming up tomorrow, January 11th, we'll tell you where we are and where we're going. Carl and Crew Mornings. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. 
Well, we're two weeks into January. How those New Year's resolutions come in? Are you still going to the gym? Are you still cutting out sugar? Whatever it is you resolve to do at the beginning of the year, there's something about a new year that has us uh, trying to reinvent ourselves. A little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. How about you make 2023 your most fruitful year yet? We've been devoting uh, some time this week. Our theme, how to live fruitfully. We're going to get back to that. But... In honor of fruit, how mm-hmm. about some fruit jokes? I told a few about an hour ago, and I allowed the boom crew to vote and to rate my jokes, yeah. and that would determine whether or not they would continue. And overwhelmingly, to much to Jonathan's chagrin. Chagrin. Chagrin all over the place. <laughs> positive feedback. <laughs> so let's get some music and a couple more fruit jokes coming right. your way. Disclaimer, these are bad, but they make me laugh. <laughs> Allie, you decided you were going to be a comedian today, so I thought I'd play you some Seinfeld themed okay, to talk let's go. over. Okay, first up, why were the apple and the orange all alone? Oh no, why? Because the banana split. What? Oh, come on. Okay, next one. How about how about <laughs> this one? This is a good one. How do you fix a cracked pumpkin? A cracked pumpkin? How do you fix a cracked pumpkin? Mm, throw it in the trash. With a pumpkin patch? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another banana one. What okay. kind of... You got to get this one. Okay. What kind of shoes are made from banana peels? What kind of shoes? Come on, Jonathan. What kind of shoes are made from banana peels? Uh, 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 uh Slippers. Slippers. Yes! You got it. There I you go. It. Woo! <laughs> okay. Another one. What do you call strawberries playing the guitar? Ah. What do you call strawberries playing the guitar? Mm. I have no idea. A jam session. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) A couple more and I promise I'm done. Okay. Why did the man at the orange juice factory lose his job? Why did the man at the orange juice factory lose his job? Uh, Man at the orange juice factory, (laughs) uh, I don't know. He couldn't concentrate. (laughs) Okay. One more. One more. What do you call a sad strawberry? A sad strawberry. You're already laughing on it. What do you call a sad strawberry? Uh... I have no idea. Why, it's a blueberry, of course. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Okay. okay, I'm done. You're done? I'm you promise? Done. I'm done. No, no more secret fruit jokes. jokes. No more fruit jokes. Okay. For now. That was pretty good. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this show cast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.